Sean, let me tell you something. And this is what makes the Masters so compelling. If you look at the last 14 years, you look at some of the guys who have won. You look at guys with the most long shot odds. Okay, so I'll list these. 2007, Zach Johnson, 125 to 1. 2008, Trevor, Trevor Immelman, 150 to 1. 2009, Angel Cabrera, 125 to 1. 2011, Charles Schwartz, 100 to 1. 2016, Willett, 50 to 1. 2012, Bubba, 50 to 1. 2018, Reed, 40 to 1. You have seven winners in the past 14 years. So half the year, you have a major underdog winning this tournament. So like, and you consider major underdog, I mean, 40 to one or worse. It's crazy. And everyone wants to talk about, you know, the five guys, the big five or the big six, seven guys, when really anyone in the, in the field can win this tournament. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that's interesting. I really, people talk about in myself included, people talk about the masters as being the biggest major and the one that's the best test of golf, the one that leads to the least amount of fluky winners. And I mean, I you can't call those guys flukes at 125 to one. You can't call Patrick Reed at 40 to one a fluke, but you know, there's something to be said about there's 87 guys in this field. There's probably 80 of them that could win this tournament because you get this right seven to 10 old guys that have no shot, but the rest of the guys, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if, say the guy that I like Max Homa went out and won this tournament. It really is. It's kind of anyone's game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Max Homa, but no, you're right. You're right. And you see, you see young winners, you see old winners, you see bombers, you see short hitters who can putt. You see people who fade it, people who draw it. It's, it's nuts. It's It's nuts nuts how many people can win. Last year, I mean, I remember in our master's preview last year, we talked about how, oh yeah, I mean, there are so many guys that could win this tournament, but you go down the list. I mean, we're going to do a buy or sell section here later in this episode. I mean, there's, there's 25 guys that even without bringing in the underdogs, you could say, yeah, I could totally see that guy winning this golf tournament. I could totally see Terrell Hatton winning this tournament. And nobody considers him a favorite. Like, but if, if you won the tournament, like Danny Willett, like Danny Willett, I mean, yeah, you could see it happening. You know, he was like, what, the 15th ranked player in the world when it happened? But no one predicted that. So right. it just is one of the most exciting weeks in golf for that reason. But for some reason, like we all, like I was almost obliged to say, like, this is a six player tournament. Cause it kind of always feels like that coming in. It's like, it does. JT, Bryson. You know, DJ, Spieth, maybe like Xander or Rory or whatever. It's like, it's like this group of players, this is who we're watching. Hype, 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 hype. And then some rando, you know, South African guy wins it. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it, it almost feels a little bit disappointing. There's something to be desired. But it, it, it's, it's because in golf, we look for narratives. We look, we want greatness we want to see dominance and we're rooting for guys like dj guys like speed guys like jt to add to their already incredible resumes and i think that's why we say yeah there's five or six guys that could win this golf tournament and it's going to be one of these five guys and realistically 
most of the time it's not one of those guys yeah but it's fun to go into the tournament and talk like talk about it like it's going to be one of those guys so that being that's said, just what it is that being said i only think there are five guys that can win there are five guys that can win <laughs> <laughs> especially with the way this golf course is going to be set up and how it's going to play this week i am hearing I mean, we, we, we get Berman this fast, every major. Berman fast, Berman every fast. major. We get it every single time. You're right. Firm and fast. Of course, playing firm and fast. Never seen it play this firm and fast before. Never seen <laughs> Those the, are the best two words. Firm and fast. fast. I've never seen the greens rolling this fast this early on in the week. And oh boy, <laughs> does it almost always disappoint. So let's hope that this week it actually rings true. I'm hoping that we do get a firm and fast masters because we did not get that in November. Yeah. November. It was kind of hard to do that though. Exactly. Yeah. But, but I'm hearing think- there might be a little rain on Thursday, but other than that, I think it'll be good. I yeah, think I'll be able to firm it up by the weekend for sure. It's very weather dependent, right? I mean, Georgia spring, the weather's a little tricky there. It's, it's very difficult to predict. Just looking generally at the forecast now, I'm seeing no rain on Thursday, but uh, looks like it got moved back to Friday, Saturday. Oh, Friday. Hmm. So 50% chance on Friday, 80% chance on Saturday. Who really knows? Like who could say until the day before or the day of? But if we do happen to get the hot weather that we have right now, it's going to be tricky because... I think Augusta's pissed at how November went. I think they're mad that yeah. DJ broke the scoring record. I think they yeah. want to prove a point with all this distance debate going on. They want to prove that their golf course can hold up no matter what, no matter how far Bryson's hitting it. You think they want Bryson to fail? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I don't think there's a way to defend against it like i i don't think you can really but defend a, against a bryson firm a firm course golf helps course, bryson. it helps bryson yeah but it also makes the golf course look better in general so realistically one of the longest guys in the field is probably going to win this week when you look at it like a dj brooks jt rory bryson like those guys one of those guys <laughs> who happen to be top 30 longest on tour are probably- i can't i can't not laugh when you say brooks just thinking about how he's going to be reading greens the whole week. <laughs> yeah. He's been a menace out there in the Spider-Man position. And he's totally embracing it. I mean, do you see the power Rangers thing he posted? No. He posted his putting stance and then, you know, you swipe left and it's a, like a power Rangers, like cover art. And he's like, yeah, embracing the power Rangers stance for this week. It's unbelievable. So I did see his post on Instagram that was similar uh, to to that. It was it was like the TikTok trend, you know, like what are two things that have exactly the same energy but are completely different? And it was him and Spider Man, I think, right next to each other, <laughs> which is great stuff. It's good to see Brooks. You know, Brooks is a funny guy. He's one of the funnier guys out there. It's good to see him back out here and who knows how he's going to play, you know, like he's kind of up in the air. Yeah. We'll get to him, but um, back to the golf course thing, you know, one of those guys is going to win and Augusta wants to prove that, Hey, like our long, the long guys out here, they're not going to go 20 under this week. I don't care how far you're hitting it. The I think the winner's going to be, I think we're looking at 12 digits. or 13. 
I think it could be single digits, maybe in the 10 or 11 range at most. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think they could get up to 13. I think it could easily be six. I think it's kind of in that range, which yeah. is the best range for a tournament. Like six to 10 under is oh, six to 10 is primo because there's so many bogeys, but you can make a deep run as well. I feel so. like we say that about like the Honda classic every year. Honda's always like in that six to 10 range. Yeah. We're always like, this is a perfect range right here. Some it is. Guys have the ability to make bogeys, but they can still go shoot 65. You know, there's so much variance in the right. scores when the winning score is six to 10 under par. I agree. Should we go into, we wanted to talk a little bit overrated, underrated holes. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know every hole at Augusta, you're a total joke. So this is, leads into something. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know every hole at Augusta until about this year, um, November. And I still, you shouldn't think, be broadcasting that. Still don't think I could tell you what number five <laughs> is or number six or number seven for that matter. Oh, no, I can tell you. Oh, my God. Five. Seven's iconic. Seven's iconic. Seven's iconic. Um, the front nine to me is doesn't like i don't know it doesn't resonate i can't can't recall it that's a joke the first three holes are some of the best holes on the course well i know one two and three all right what's what 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 are your underrated holes underrated holes i think seven is really good i think seven it's you just said you didn't know seven no i said i do know seven (laughs) I, I had to think about that for a second. Seven, I do think, is one of the best holes in that golf course. Um, it's, I don't know. Just that green complex. Especially, yeah, that Sunday pin with, with everything feeding. Yeah. Um, Seven's a good one. What, what do you have for first I think not. Hole? I think nine's underrated. I think that's the coolest green on the course. Yeah. That second shot's so tricky. It's so sick. It's it, the ball is like a little bit below your feet. You're hitting uphill to this green that goes kind of diagonally to the left. It's just awkward. Like there's something very awkward about that, that second shot. And then I think 15, I know it's an iconic hole, but I think it's a top two hole on the course, especially where it is on the course. Yeah. Like that's your fourth to last hole. Yeah. For, and you can have crazy swings on that hole. Yeah, I mean, you saw Sergio make like a nine there. You dumped like four in the water right after you won the golf tournament. Yeah, and then if you if you hit your drive even in the left side of the fairway, you still have to hit that hook around the trees. You know, if you're gonna decide to go for it, or you lay up, and it's a really cool hole. Yeah, I think that's an underrated hole for sure. Overrated holes. I mean, I think there are a lot of not so good holes out there, but. Like, I think 14 is a bad hole. Like, 14, where it is, it's just especially so like boring. you have 10, 11, 12, 13, and then 15, 15 16, 17, 18. And 14's in there, just like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, you know, when you don't, when you order a sandwich or something and you get that like little splash of mayo that you didn't ask for. And it just kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth and ruins the whole sandwich. That's an outrageous. That's what the back nine is at Augusta. You have this insane stretch, 14's just a throw up hole. And then 
you have 15, 16, 17, 18, which are insane. I was going to say for underrated holes, um, I think two is underrated. I think two yeah. shot is probably my favorite shot on that entire golf course. Um, but I will say for overrated holes, to me, one doesn't doesn't move the needle. Oof, oof, oof. One is not Come doing on. it for me. Come on. One's a great starting hole. It's one of the tougher holes every year. Yeah, it's one of the it's tougher a really holes. tough starting hole. What does that really mean? Like, does that mean it's because it tests the nerves right out of the gate? No, it's you have not. a you have a solo leader on Sunday. He's been sleeping on the lead. He comes out. He bogeys one. Boom. He's dust. He's gone. He's. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's know. Over. If you can say that. Tournament's over. Uh, no. I don't know. But it, oh, gosh. All right. I think I disagree with that one. I think eleven is an overrated hole. Really. I like the fact that 11 makes you hit a cut off the tee. I mean, it doesn't make you, but it's probably the preferred shot shape. And then you got to hit the swoop draw on the second yeah, shot. Yeah, but for 11? It's just such an intimidating second shot. No, but I'll tell you why 11 is like a muni hole. is because if you block it a little bit, you're dead in the trees. But if you block it 40 yards, you're yeah, in trampled you're ground with an easy look to the green. And we've seen a lot of players – that have hit mega blocks on 11 and they've been perfectly fine. Tiger had, did it. Yeah. Tiger did it in 19 when he won. That's what I don't really like about it. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on, on that, in that aspect. Like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be able to block it 40 yards and be able to hit the green on such a tough hole, but it's besides that it's really one of the most iconic holes in that golf course. I cannot say that it's overrated but overrated it's not underrated i'll say that <laughs> you know what it's really hard to nitpick holes on that golf course but i think for the most part there are no real overrated holes because all the holes have been hyped up for a reason like 12 it's hyped up for a reason 13 it's hyped up for a reason like yeah 13 is the best hole it's one of the best holes in golf i think it's a top three hole in golf and we we've talked about this before I it mean, really is amazing. Like, it is. You got to hit the draw off the tee, or you can lay it back. You can hit a three wood and just hit it straight out there. But the 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 second shot is just one of the most unique shots in golf. Like the fact that the ball is way above your feet, it, the green almost asks for a cut. Like it, the way that the green is shaped almost asks for a cut, and it's nearly impossible to hit one. But some guys do it. Some guys will take it over the water. They'll hit the swooping draw in. It just allows for shot making. And that's what Augusta is. It's a shot maker's yeah. golf course. And that is the biggest microcosm of that what that golf yeah. course really is. I totally agree. And I think all the par fives on that course are super interesting too. Because you can make eagle on every single one. Yeah. Easily. But then you also have guys like Zach Johnson in 07 laid up on every single par five the whole week. And he birdied almost every one. Yeah. Yeah, the, the risk-reward factor is there. Even on 13, which is now short and people are considering it obsolete, people make big numbers there all the time. Bryson made oh, yeah. a seven last year. I mean, yep. there's definitely a risk-reward element. If you hit it in that pine straw on the right, you can still go for the green. Yeah, That ball could easily jump and just end up in the bushes. So I think 13 is awesome. I think all the par fives there are awesome. I did want to talk, Chris. We have the return of masters.com just for this one week. Every, I think this is one of the most underrated parts of the Masters. 
the fact that this is the best coverage that we get all year. You can watch every shot. You can see pretty much every hole. You have options. You can watch the actual broadcast. I think they absolutely knock it out of the ballpark. They've upped their game. It's so much better than anything that the PGA Tour does. The my group thing that they've added is cool, and I think it needs a little bit of work, but... Well, you can watch every shot. Yeah, you can see every shot from every player. I just wish you could see it live. Exactly. I wish you could, too. It would be cool if you could select the players that you want to have set up on a split screen and it would just show you a live feed of each of those players. Like, yeah, that would be insane, but yeah, that's almost too much to ask for. <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're blowing the PGA tour out of the water in terms of life. Yeah. Didn't they try to do something like that for the players? Yeah. This year? Yeah. They had a similar setup this year for the players, which, but it was know, kind of bootleg. It was kind of bootleg. Obviously, the tours make a huge push for the players to become the fifth major. By doing that, they're setting themselves up nicely for it. But, I mean, we've had our discussions about this, and we obviously disagree. What do we disagree on? That the fact, like, we both agree that the players should not be a major. E- <laughs> it, I mean, look. It's the and hardest golf. We don't want to get into players talk. No, no, we don't want to get into players talk, but it is the hardest golf tournament to win. I don't want to get into this because I disagree. <laughs> I completely disagree. Move on. Move um, on. Bryson's press conference. I, I have to bring this up. What he said today, I thought was outrageous. Yeah, go ahead. Or it might've been yesterday. What did he say? He was talking about he, the last question he got asked in his press conference was about distance and he said that equipment is pretty much maxed out at this point but athletes are not he said sooner or later someone is going to come out on the pga tour that is seven feet tall swinging the club at 145 miles an hour easily (laughs) and he said he will become obsolete bryson will become obsolete and he didn't give us a timetable for this but he said that he will become obsolete. Chris, he's the longest player on the PGA Tour by a wide margin right now. Yeah, he's saying he's going to become the Zach Johnson <laughs> of golf. So outrageous to say. I, I, mean, don't, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I can't even imagine seven-footers playing golf. Like <laughs> 20% of American seven-footers have played in the NBA. Like, why are they going to pick up a golf club? There's more money in basketball. I mean, he was probably just saying it as a joke, like somewhat of a joke, but it was just so tapped that I had to bring it up. Yeah, I don't even know how much power seven-footers could get. It feels like they wouldn't even be able to generate that much power. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at my height, golf's awkward, and I'm like 6'5", 6'6". You get any taller than that, it's going to get really uncomfortable. How is a seven-footer going to hit a 50-yard pitch shot? You can't. You can't do it. I mean, if he's saying, you know, maybe everyone's going to be Dustin Johnson's height, 6'4", 6'5", coming out, and they're all 250, 260, and bombing it, yeah, that's probably a little bit more reasonable. Are we going to see seven-footers on the PGA Tour in the next 20 years? (laughs) Highly doubtful. It's just 
it's just it's almost becoming its own tradition like bryson just saying crazy shit at the masters yeah he gets himself into it i mean in november he's talking about par 67 all this shit like they kind of feed it to him at the masters like i mean he's guaranteed a 25 minute press conference at the beginning of the week and obviously he's a controversial guy so they ask about controversial topics topics like distance topics like oh what's the golf course going to play like for you so they're kind of feeding into that by asking him those questions but he needs to relax in the press conferences like yeah giving he that eats much it information all up and being so overly involved, I feel like it's just too much effort for him. It is. I just, he can't help himself. He can't. He's, <laughs> He's like such Rory a dork. He just yeah. can't help himself. Well, if, did you watch Rory's presser? I had, I haven't seen it. Yet. His was interesting. He was very subdued. He was, I think he was really trying to put himself under the radar. Yeah. And not, and not hype himself up, not put any attention on himself. He was saying how, you know, he's really using this week kind of as a building block for the future and his future golf journey. And that this is just this, this is a step. This isn't, this isn't the big thing. So he's kind of just trying to, you know, play it off as I'm just going to go out there and, and play golf and I'm feeling really good and, and all that. And so, which I think is really good for Rory. I think he's, which is why, well, we'll talk is about it, Rory later, but is I'm it though, really, really up on Rory this week. It feels like he's doing the same thing that he did last year. No, like, no, no, no. Trying no. to play it down. This isn't that important to me. I don't need to win this to feel satisfied with my career at the end of the day. We know he does. In the back of his mind, he cares. Like, Yeah, but it's still a mentality that you're setting, you're no, setting it up with. It's not. You can't. I'm sorry. You can't change. He cannot alter conscience, consciously alter how he thinks about this golf tournament. He can try to convince himself. He's not, but he's day. approaching it a different way. You can still mentally approach it a different way. Maybe, but in the back of his mind, he knows that this is just this is just for the media. Like he's playing this act for the media to convince them, yeah, that's not a big deal. To quiet in. the noise. Yeah, but that helps him. Maybe if maybe. there's less noise, he's going to play better. That's, I mean, I think, hyped- I think he makes the noise up in his own mind. No, there's noise. There's always noise around Rory. There is, but I think a lot of the pressures come, comes from himself and his own expectations. And that's why he, he always shoots 73 on Thursday, but then, oh, yeah. then he's like, Oh, I'm out of the tournament. So he freewheels it. And then he goes off in the last three rounds. I think he's going to come in. Gosh, I'm just so up on Rory this year. I think it's his year. He's at 19 to one right now. I think. I think it's him in terms of odds. Which is... I think it's him. With because think about it. Two years ago, or even f- you go back to like four years ago or five years ago, he was the number one story. And this was when Tiger was kind of hurt. Obviously, Tiger's always a big story. But Rory was like the guy. But now it's Bryson saying some bullshit about seven-footers. You have Spieth who's coming off a win. It's Spieth, 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 Spieth. You have JT. You have DJ, you know, defending champ. You have all Even these other young guys. Brooks coming off an injury. You what are his Brooks. Teams? You know who's won, a, who's won a bunch of majors a couple years ago? You know, JT, one of the hottest players, just won the players, right? And then Rory's just coming in. 
under all of that hype, I feel like this year. And he's yeah, got Cowan. He's got Cowan. I think he's going to give him a lot of confidence. I think he's going to go out there and feel really good on Thursday. It feels like there's too many moving parts in Rory's game right now, in my opinion. Too. I don't think there are any moving the parts. changing of the coaches. I think he's battling his golf swing. I think he's he's really been poor with his wedges this year. He obviously – the putter is always a question mark with him. But what he said a couple of weeks ago is really telling to me about his game. Rory's always brutally honest about the state of his game. And he was saying that he's been struggling since trying to add speed. He's been struggling reining it back. And the club is getting – it's coming in late. You know, he feels like he's out of sync. That doesn't set up well in my eyes for Augusta. Like, Yeah, he, but that was before Cowan. He, but the, the thing is, that feels like he's trying to make a quick fix to me. No, he's no, no, to, no, 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 no. It's not a quick fix. He's known Cowan since he was 13. It, it feels he's desperate. Saying, it feels no, desperate. No, 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 no. He was saying in his presser, like, because someone asked him, like, almost that exact question. Like, do you think you're getting too technical now? with bringing cow and he goes no it's the exact opposite i was getting super technical by myself trying to find all these positions to be in and with cow and i feel like we're just we're working on more feel type of stuff and, and bigger body motion type of things so i think he's simplifying it. that's great i mean that's good to hear i think that's the right path that he should be on whatever's going to simplify his golf swing so that he can control his short irons and wedges better. And it sounds like, I mean, that's the right way to go about it. I, it's Rory. I think it's Rory's year and it starts on Thursday. Thursday's the entire golf tournament for Rory. So with that being said, should we just get into buy or sell right now and talk about the guys? All right, let's get into buy or sell. So let's, let's do Rory. Cause we're already on Rory. Are you buying or I'm selling? I'm a huge, Rory? I'm a huge buy on Rory. He's one of my five guys that I think will win this tournament. Okay. I'm selling on Rory. I just, like I said, I just I don't think he's quite there mentally yet to win this golf tournament. DJ? I'm uh, like, I, this is I'm to right, win. Yeah. I'm, I'm really in the middle on DJ. I'm going to go with bye. I'm going to, I'm going to say bye. He's flying on, as under the radar as possible for being the number one player in the world and the defending champion. The guy's withdrawn twice from tournaments this year. He's barely played. His game is not very sharp, but we know he could turn it on at any time. He's like Justin Thomas. Like the guy, when he plays well, it's like, oh yeah, like this guy is literally one of the top three players in the world and could win any week. I'm buying yeah. on DJ. I'm selling on DJ. I don't think he's going to repeat. I think he's going to play well. I think an easy top 20, probably a top 10. Yeah, I don't I, think he wins. I think he's a almost a guaranteed top 20. I think he's yeah. like a 65, 70% chance on a top 10. I would agree with that. And I just don't think he's going to repeat. It, it's so hard to repeat. Like really, I mean, there's one, one or two guys that have done it. So it, it's hard to say that he's going to win, but I'm, I'm still buying on him because I think the hype has gone down. What about yeah. Bryson? Are you buying or selling on Bryson to win? I'm big time buy. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm also big time buy on Bryson. I think it's different. I think November was a fluky situation. And I think he's Bryson's feeling really, really confident. I agree. I think the way the golf course is going to play, the firm and fast, like we've talked about, 
That bodes well for Bryson. He just won it. And he's played so well at Augusta before. Like November was was just a really fluky thing. I think it was fluky. I think you're right. The lost ball on, what was that, on three? You know, losing a ball, plugging. I mean, there was a lot of crazy shit that happened. I don't think you can look at that as a telltale sign of how he's going to play this week. Yeah, I think you're crazy personally if, if you're saying Bryson has no chance to win. Which I've seen a lot of, like that's all over the place on the golf Twitter and stuff. Like people yeah. don't think he can win this golf tournament. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Webb Simpson. What about Webb? Yeah, Webb is really no. under the radar. Uh, so he's been playing some some pretty brutal golf by his standards. I'm also selling on Webb. I'm selling. I love Webb. I love our guy Paul Tesori, but yeah, I don't think so this year for Weber. What about Brooks? So, <laughs> yeah, he's an easy one. Come I'm, on, I'm selling. I'm selling on Brooks as well. Yeah, it's just the it's guy's. Just, he's he had he had a knee surgery three weeks ago. I mean, the guy is. People thought he would be healthy. out almost a year, and he's. I think he's really forcing this one. Oh, he's totally back. forcing it. This is not going to end well. It's not going to be. It worth might it. hurt him actually. Yeah, it could hurt him. The, the I don't see why he's playing at all right now. Actually, all right. Now we get into some really interesting ones here. Justin Thomas, are you buying or selling? He's he's in my five. He's in my five to win. So I'm buying on JT. I'm also going to buy on JT. I actually, if I could pick one favorite to win this tournament, it would be him. I agree. I I think I'm. It seems like he has this mojo. It just he has the mojo and he can get so freaking hot. And it's just I think a question of whether he can jump out to a lead and and not choke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you and the jt choking thing i think it's almost the opposite i think the stats show he's he got like a 72.4 first round scoring average at augusta if he wants to win this golf tournament he has to shoot under par the first day i know he probably doesn't have to but it would be huge it would take a lot of the stress off it would mean he doesn't have to get yeah. crazy hot the rest of the weekend and he's one of those guys that can win with his B plus game. Like that's so scary. And I, I think the trend shows, I mean, the guy's played better every single year he's played this tournament and he finished fourth last year. How much better can you get without winning? I agree. And he won the hardest golf tournament there is to win. Yeah. The players. We talk about like his game sets up perfectly for Augusta and it, he hasn't played like his results are honestly underwhelming, but his He's game really had some really good rounds there though. Yeah. Yeah. He just I hasn't mean, really pieced it together, but great iron play sets up, sets up great. He's long, he's long off the tee. He's kind of squirrely. That's fine. Speeth, I don't know because I just feel like there's too much hype, but I still would. I still think he's a top. He's not in my top five to win. That's but, super disrespectful. So actually, so I'm going to sell speed. Yeah. I don't think he has a chance to win. Yeah. If you're not putting him in your top five and he's listed as the second favorite right now. He's not in my top five. So you, speed won't win this golf tournament. I am mega buying on speed. <laughs> I am mega buying on speed. I'm obviously a massive speed fan. Beats the goat, in my opinion. Come on. Don't say that shit. <laughs> Don't do he's that. Not, he's yeah, not the goat. Don't be he's, a troll. <laughs> I'm trolling right now, but he's my favorite player of all time. 
I'm so happy to see him playing well. He's actually driving it respectably right now. He's driving it respectably. I think he finished like 68th in strokes gained off the tee last week when he won. His iron play is top three yeah. in the world. His wedge play, same thing. Mm-hmm. And he's putting like old Jordan. It's vintage speed and it, it is sets up perfectly. He plays it unbelievable is. here. It is. You're right. You're it right. would be a and disappointment I- if he did not top five this week. And I, I, most people would say if he didn't win, but the way he is playing and the way that he plays at this golf tournament, he should guaranteed be within three or four shots of the lead come Sunday. Yeah. And I, when we were recapping Valero, I thought he was the favorite to win, but I, I just feel like with how this week's gone, I feel like all the money's coming in on speed. I think he might've been better off to not win Valero. I Even though I said that. the opposite last I, yeah, year. Yeah, I hate that. I said I mean, the, the opposite. Is- I say I hate the people who say he's better off not to win. But I think it's too much. I think it's too much for Spieth right now. All right. But we'll see. I'm. You know who I'm for sure selling? I think you are too, is Rom, who got to Augusta on Wednesday, today, and, like, hasn't touched the club. And he's talking about, you know – People ask him, oh, are you nervous that you haven't, you know, touched a golf club or whatever? He's like, nah, I don't really give a shit. Like, I'm just really happy. Like, I had such a momentous moment in my life. He's like, I'm just really happy now. And he doesn't give a shit about golf right now, which which is totally fair. Totally understanding. But I'm not going to I'm not going to put any stake in Rom this week. Yeah. Yeah, he I, he, the equipment change. I don't think he's been quite the same since then, and I don't think that has to do with the equipment itself. But he hasn't been like he was on an amazing stretch of golf last summer, and he hasn't been quite that good this year. I'm selling on Rom as well. The new father thing, like he needs at least a month to get over that before he focuses on golf. Like we're, we saw that with Rory, like. It brings them a new sense of perspective, which is so cliche to say, but it brings them a new sense of perspective that, hey, golf's not that important right now. Up next, Xander. Xander, I'm a huge buy, even though I don't like Xander. He's in my top five to win. Xander, book it. I think Xander's a perennial top 10. I think he's guaranteed to top 10, but I think there's no way he wins this golf tournament. I've just, I'm, I'm sick. It's I know, I know, I know. It's the Rory syndrome. I'm almost sick of doing it. Like I'm sick of getting my hopes up for Xander. I mean, I root against Xander and it's still hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. But I think it could be this. I think it could be his week. I think he's a top five favorite in my mind. Okay. He's flying in under the radar right now. There's a lot he of storylines going on. I think that bodes well for him because usually when we come into the majors, it's like, oh, Xander plays well in majors. He could win. And I haven't even heard that once this week. Like, it's, yeah. he's been super under the radar. Yeah. Patrick Reed. I think Patrick Reed, oh, he's a huge buy. I think he's a and huge he, buy. As and well. he, round, he rounds out my top five to win. Which is JT, Bryson, Rory, Xander, and Reed. I think are the five guys that can win this golf tournament. And I don't know how Reed is 28 to 1 to win this tournament. 
It is shocking to me. The guy is an assassin. He is a cold-blooded assassin. Nobody likes him. And nobody likes him. We hate him. He's a total fucking scumbag. Okay? But he's such a competitor. And, you know, he's leading the U.S. Open after two rounds. He contended in November. People forget that. Like, we were Oh, yeah. We were scared shitless after two days. He's won the Masters three years ago. He won it Tory this year. He's just going to be up there. He's going to be up there. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, he plays great at Augusta. He's got a great track record. He's won. He, it feels like, could win at any moment. And the guy blocks out the noise better than anyone. Chris, I, we said it when he won Tory. He might be the most clutch player on the PGA Tour when Tiger's not here. Yeah. I think there's a good case that he is the most clutch player on the PGA Tour. The fact he knows everyone wants him to, like everyone wants him to hit a shitty shot every time he steps up to the golf ball and he just doesn't. Like he's just a top 10 player in the world. He's amazing. And his game is perfect for Augusta. He hits a draw. He has a sick short game. We say that about everyone, but we all, but, but it's hard to say like what works well at Augusta at this, at the same time. All we know about Augusta is that usually driving accuracy doesn't matter, but besides that, you got to do everything else. Well, so if you hit it somewhat wayward and far and you do everything else, well, you probably play well, Augusta. Yeah. What about a guy like Patrick Cantley? And Canley, I know in a lot of like these masters pools, he'll be in like the top tier, but he'll be like one of the last ones in the top tier. So I feel like a lot of people aren't choosing him, especially in like pools and stuff like that. But I can't see why not. Yeah. And he's not in my top five to win, but I'm definitely buying on Canley and people forget that he was solo leader after 16 at Augusta in, uh, 2019 when tiger won yeah there was a brief moment where he was leading that tournament late on sunday he faded hard after that but yeah i I agree i mean i think the guy same thing like he's an assassin he can go out there and shoot a stupid low number at any moment and which we also say about anybody everyone on this list no i don't i don't know i i feel like there's when you say Low numbers to me, Cantlay, JT, and DJ are the guys that pop into my mind. And maybe Rory. Like, those are the guys I feel like go stupid low sometimes. I will say about Cantlay, he doesn't he doesn't play enough to give me, like, telltale signs to know where his game is at. But I feel like he can show up at any tournament and win. I agree. All right, let's finish this list out quickly. Morikawa, I'm out on Morikawa. I'm selling on Morikawa. Terrell Haddon, I'm out as well. I don't know how he's eighth in the world. I think he's a total fraud. So if you're talking to win, I'm selling on Mor- or on Hatton. But if you're talking to play better than he did last time, I'm buying. Because he played absolutely terribly <laughs> in November. It, it's only, he can only go up. He can only go up. I think yeah. he'll, he'll make the cut. He'll finish like T30. Yeah, it's just a classic Haddon finish. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, I'm actually high on Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm not I think buying he's a, Fitzpatrick to win. 
but we included him because it it is an interesting case he plays well i think he's a sleeper he's a sleeper top five pick i think yeah i would agree will zalatoris is making his master's debut still doesn't have a pga tour card yeah playing in the masters we know masters we know masters rookies don't do very well but I do think Zal Torres is a good pick. I think he's like a solid. He's going to finish like T18. I think he's going to play well. Yeah, he's going to play well. I really well. think he's going to play well. He's obviously not going to win the golf tournament. T6 in the U.S. Open. Yeah, the guy, he's just a really, really solid young player. You were crazy high on this guy in November, Chris. I've never seen anyone as high on a player as I you can't were believe it. With Bubba Watson. Are you buying or selling Bubba Watson? I can't believe it. He was my pick from so far out, and I was so You were picking him from September. I remember you picking him in September. Yeah. November Masters as a sleeper. The toe putting failed me. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to win a golf tournament. (laughs) Do you see the shoes he's wearing this week that he posted? No. No. It's, It's actually, they're pretty sweet shoes. You see Daniel Berger's new shoes? The green Stan Smith's? no i didn't see really cool are you buying or selling on burger well let me just say about bubba i am this year i'm out on bubba i think i'm selling bubba i think he's gonna play really i think he's probably gonna miss the cut yeah he's just not playing but i well i am up on burger he's also a sleeper i think for a t5 finish i'm down on burger right now why are you down on burger Feels like he coasted a little bit after winning Pebble. Like I, I just haven't seen him enough. Like yeah, yeah. he's so consistent. He's so though. good. Like he's gonna play okay. He's not gonna play bad. I just don't think he's gonna win. Yeah, no, I don't think he's gonna win. I don't think he's gonna win. And then lastly, I had to include this guy in this this list because he's an interesting case. He's always played well here, and he's playing the some of the best golf of his career. Lee Westwood, the Silver Fox. Wasn't he leading in November at some point? Yeah, he led after the first day in the morning wave, I think. Day and change, I think. Or I think he was just the day. morning wave of the first day. Oh, I mean, he was yeah. right there. He was like he was like top three after the first day, I think. I think if Westwood had won the players, I would actually think he has a legit chance to win. But I think it's too much for him to win. Yeah, I would agree. That was too much. That was so strenuous watching him play. It was unbelievable. And the fact that he didn't get that one done is just, it's pretty monumental for him, I think, in a bad way. And, I mean, just the way that he handled the pressure, I don't think that he cracked under the pressure of of the moment at the players or or at Arnold Palmer, for for that matter, but just the way that he was smiling and like, you know, he'd make a four footer and he'd, you know, raise his eyebrows. Like, yeah, stick oh, his tongue out, slap his wife on the like, ass. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, this, he has not done this in a long time. He has not contended in big tournaments in a couple years. It feels like it's too much for him. Yeah, I'm selling, I'm selling, I'm selling on Westwood to win, but I think he'll play well. I'm in the same boat. And then we look at the AMs in the field. I think there's only three, right? Yeah. Um, uh, There might be more. 
I'm fading Tyler Strafacci simply because he's playing with DJ. And I think that whole thing's going to be too much. I think playing in the Masters, first time, you're an AM and you're playing with DJ. <sighs> Last year we saw Ogletree win low AM. You played three I know, rounds with Tiger. I know. But I just <laughs> – I don't see Strafacci playing well. I don't see him making the cut. I am going to say I think Ali Osborne will make the cut. That's I was gonna take I was gonna take Ollie Osborne as my uh, my pick for low am. Yeah, well. I agree. I think he gets revenge on Strafach. I agree. After losing to him in the USM. Do you have any sleepers, like real sleepers out of this field? My one big sleeper that I think no one is talking about is Corey Connors. I've been I have no basis for that pick. I'm just saying Corey Connors. <laughs> I was waiting for you to <laughs> case. Just not just coming. If, if if Corey Connors happens to top five, I'm going to give myself credit. If he plays like shit, I'm not going to mention it again. So there's my sleeper pick is Corey Connors. Awesome. Uh, with that being said, I have like five sleeper picks because I want to cover all bases here. Yep. <laughs> Smart. And if one of these guys plays well, I can say, hey, yeah, I picked that guy as a sleeper. If I had to pick one, I would say Matt Wallace is my real sleeper. Wow. Mikey boy. Mike Wallace obviously won the par three last year. <laughs> I think the curse is lifted. I think he can finally go play well. I think I think he finished like T40 last year. He, he shot a million the first day. He's playing great golf. I mean, we saw it last week. The guy is a stripe show. The putting's a little questionable. I don't think he's going to win. But I do think it would not be surprising to see him finish right around the top five inside the top ten. He's a name that, like, you see on the leader where, like, oh, my God. Like, oh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Matt Wallace. It almost reminds me, like, he reminds me of Cam Smith in a way. Like, you see him up on the leaderboard. You're like, wow, that guy's so good. How is he not up there more? You know? Yeah. So, I'm, yeah. I have him as my, my top pick for the sleepers. I also like Victor Perez. I like the way he's playing right now. And I like Mark Leishman because he's playing – still playing – pretty much terrible golf, but he showed up here playing terrible golf in November. Yeah, he always well. does it, yeah. So, I mean, the guy can play well. And here, the year no before. What. And the year before. I mean, well, he was playing, he was playing well around that time. I, I'm also taking, I'm taking a flyer on Jason Kokrak. I think long, firm, fast sets up well for this guy. Haven't heard much from him since Shadow Creek, but I feel like that golf course is very similar to Augusta. I feel like Kokrak's a guy that, I mean, here's a guy that's going to shoot <laughs> maybe two under the first day and then maybe like five under the second day. It could be a couple back of the lead and then shoot 80 on, on Saturday and you never hear from him again. It feels like there's a little bit of JB Holmes there. Like yeah. JB would always play well the first couple days, but ha he had the biggest ability to implode out of any player I've ever seen. Yeah. He's up there. He's up there. And then they cut to him like making a seven and then you never see him again <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the tournament. I mean, he led the players by two, I think, and shot 81 on Sunday. And then remember at uh, the, the open that Shane Lowry won, he shot 87 the final day <laughs> in the final group. I think he was, in, he was either in the final group or second to last group. 
Oh, that's pretty good. If we were buying or selling on JB's career, I am selling hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't say anything more to that other than I agree. So that's my list of like five or six sleepers right there. I think I covered all bases. I should be good if one of those guys plays well. Let's let's wrap it up. You know, it's really smart to like – and if you start this like – a few months before the masters, you kind of throw out some names to your buddies. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe two months until you throw out a couple more names, you know, a few weeks before you throw out a couple names, right before you throw out a couple names. And then whoever wins, you're basically like, well, I said that guy was going to win. Like, come on. No yeah. one else said it. Really, really good thinking. But you have to remember, see, what you want to do is you're right. You want to make different picks but you want to make different picks with different groups of people. So you have different yeah. friend groups. You tell one friend, yes. I think this guy's going to win. Tell another yeah. one, I think this guy's going to win. And when one of those guys wins, you only have to tell that friend group that you picked that guy to win. Easy. And boom, you pick that guy to win. <laughs> and you seem a like a genius. You're a savant. <laughs> let's go. Let's do a little bit of talk about uh, master's traditions. We talked about this last episode in that shit show at the end there. Yeah, we didn't know. We we couldn't think of all the traditions off the top of our head, so we came up with a definitive list. It's a long list. It's a long list. Some of them aren't even really traditions, but they are. They yeah. they they all are. They're all associated with what you think of at the Masters every year. So, do you want to read them out? I got them. I can read them out. So we're gonna rank our. We're gonna say our top three, maybe in no particular order. Uh, I ordered mine. Okay. The crow's nest, ball skipping on 16, the ceremonial first tee shot, the butler cabin ceremony, the champion's dinner, driving down Magnolia Lane, the par three contest, the green jacket ceremony, masters on the range and live from coverage, the lifetime exemption that you get if you win, Jim Nance, John Daly sitting outside the Augusta Hooters and and selling autographs, the Masters theme song, and Charlie Hoffman playing well on Thursday and Friday. (laughs) And I do want to add one more in there: caddies wearing white white jumpsuits and the jumpsuits. Yep, that's an important. There's your list. What's your third? What's your third favorite tradition out of all of those? I'm gonna say my third favorite is the theme song. I think the Augusta theme, or the Masters theme song just hits different. Like, I actually love the, the new players theme song. I think that's a great, I'm a big theme song guy. That's one of the best ones in golf. I think the Masters is the clear cut number one. It's subtle, but it's classy and it just gets you hyped for golf season. I agree, but Which, I don't agree that that's my third. My third is the part three contest. How can you not love the part three contest both to participate in and to watch? It's always fun. There's always a bunch of aces part three contest. It's, it's iconic. It's a classic. So I had the part three at number two in my list. And it actually brings up a question that just to answer this quickly. We don't need to go into it. Would you rather be able to play the part three contest unlimited times or play Augusta once the real course? In the tournament, you'd like. Would you be in, playing in the tournament, or just playing golf course? 
Well, uh, just play the course. You just play the course on like a random Sunday. I take the par three unlimited times. I would too. It's, I would too because you're on the property. You're just on the grounds, you know? You're on the grounds. Yeah. You could take your buddies out there anytime, you know, go out there, have some fun. Yeah. It would just be unreal. And if you play the real course and you like dump it in the water on 12, let's say yeah. that's your only time playing it, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> you're blowing your brains out. <laughs> yeah. So that's little little nugget for you there. My number okay, two no tradition is the lifetime exemption for winning. It's so fucking cool. It's so sick to have on Hell Cabrera before he got put in uh, Brazilian federal prison. It's cool <laughs> to have Freddie Cuffle, Bernhard Langer, all these guys, you know, Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize, all these guys to be out there and to be on the grounds. And it adds to that kind of prestige that when you win this tournament, you will forever come back here. Cause it's not an easy tournament to qualify for. No, it's like it's not. so tough. Like you see guys like Ricky can't even get in. So that's my number two. So I don't know how, are we allowed to pick the champions dinner or the green jacket ceremony, Butler cabin? Cause you got to win for those. So you got to assume you're winning. Well, no, take it in a vacuum, take it in a vacuum. The champions dinner is number one for me. And yeah, slash picking the menu. Yeah. That also assumes you've won. But I mean, the stories that you must get in a champion's dinner, the fact that you're in there with literally all of the game's greats is unbelievable. Like that would just be. Yeah. And an that was my really special moment. That was my number one. I think not only to participate in, just in a vacuum, just show up at the dinner. But also I think it's the coolest tradition that the winner picks the menu. It's always this fun little thing. I think it's really sick. I so agree. that was my number one. Yeah. I think, I think most people would have that as their number one. What's uh, your one? That's my number one. What was your two? I said two was, um, Oh yeah. The par three, the par three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many traditions. There's so it's many actually, good ones. When you list them out, I mean, skipping balls on 16, it's probably really sick to watch that live on 16, just sit there all day on Wednesday and yeah. watch players skip balls. Yeah, that's a fun one. That's not something I'm like losing sleep over if I don't participate right. in it, but that's a cool one. I think the, the white jumpsuits, what are, your, what are your opinion on those? I just want to. Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great for Augusta. I think think when other courses do it or when other tournaments do it, it's really convoluted, but I think it it just works at Augusta. It works. It totally works at Augusta. Like I can't even imagine bibs at Augusta. Yeah, no, the white, it just looks sick. And you have iconic moments with the white jumpsuits like Stevie Williams. And and it's, it's, it's iconic. I mean, so... There's nothing else to say about that. Yeah, a lot of the stuff at Augusta, there's no rhyme or reason to defend it. It's, it's just, sick. it's iconic. Like it's, it's just been sick. done this way for 80 years and that's how it's going to be. And I love it for that. Yep. All right. Do you have a pick to win? Definitive pick to win before we sign off. Justin Thomas. Fuck. I really want to pick JT. Pick yeah, up. I, I mean, I'm this is a consensus, consensus pick. First time probably ever that we've had I actually think it's pick. the first time ever consensus pick JT to win. 
I'm really high on JT. I mean, we expressed that the buy or sell. I'm taking him to win. I think he takes it home. JT slips on the green jacket. All right. Thanks for tuning in. I know we might've picked up some new listeners because of the Ryan Whitney uh, interview. Hopefully you enjoy. Hopefully you stick with us. Absolute beast. Every week, every week, Mondays. We'll see you Monday after the Masters. This is unbelievable. (laughs) I'm coming on this pod. You guys thought this was going to be set me up for a line about losing in a match with you. I wouldn't (laughs) fucking sniff it out. I wouldn't. You didn't think I'd sniff that out? Oh, my God. You two rookies. You two rookies.